On this episode of the Inside Line F1 podcast and Pitch to Podium, we preview the Azerbaijan Grand Prix and not bring you the five things to watch out for. This time, you're getting the six things to watch out for and they range from the circuit to Charles Leclerc to a special stat brought to you by Sundram that can engage a lot of interesting discussion about one of the top teams, more about the flexi wings as well. All of that on this episode. Let's dive into it. Well, hello there, folks. Welcome along to this Baku GP preview here on the Inside Line F1 podcast and Pitch to Podium. My name is Samuel Arora. You might know me from the driving force on Hotstar. And I've got Kunal Shah here with me, the ex-marketing head of the Force India Formula 1 team, who now works as a motorsport consultant for the VS Sport Network in Norway. Kunal, we're back at probably what has to be one of the best street circuits on the Formula 1 calendar ever, I think. Yes, Samuel, we are back cool, as they're calling it this weekend. <laughs> and I think that's that's fantastic wordplay. You know, they've they've done it several times before in the short history they have in Formula One. And uh, I know you said we don't have five, but maybe six things that, right. you know, our listeners and viewers should look out for. But I literally have a list of maybe... 15 things to look out for this weekend and you know not something's major but something as simple as tv direction will actually be back to normal this mm. weekend so we may not get to see the lance stroll slow-mos in case some overtakes happen <laughs> and guys we know that baku will have a lot of overtakes right and then i'm of course you know looking forward to uh, seeing Hamilton not struggling and instead Bota struggling because we are not used to, you know, seeing Hamilton struggle in the Mercedes. And That's true. Bottas' struggle started all the way before the race. He struggled to even get to Baku in time for the race weekend. <laughs> I mean, in time for his, you know, official press conference, right? And then some of the other things, you know, I'm looking forward to Mercedes not having a pit error. They've had lots mm. of errors this weekend. Then... I have to be honest, this is more from the heart, but I'm looking forward to Mick Schumacher being ahead of Nikita Mazepin again from this weekend onwards. Because let's face it, I'm not ready to see Mazepin outperform Mick Schumacher already or ever in Formula One, right? And that's what happened in Monaco. And, you know, again, excited to see if Fettel's resurgence was a one-off in Monaco. It's a street circuit, you know, who knows if his mojo stays with him this weekend as well. And just so so many things to look forward to. It's just Baku. And, you know, before we get started, I have to say this. I really hope we don't get a repeat winner this weekend in Baku. I hope that stat remains true for as many years as Baku hosts the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. Exactly, and we could also see some surprise podiums coming in here and there as well. Remember what Lance Stroll had done a few years ago? Crazy stuff has almost always happened at this circuit. And coming to that battle point very briefly, ah, it'll be so awesome to see if that comeback is real, <laughs> right? Because it just got us so excited seeing Sebastian Vettel beat everyone, come up to P number 5. And yeah, briefly get interrupted by Lance Stroll. But that's become a worldwide meme. Don't worry, on this episode of the Inside Line F1 and Pitch pit the Podium, we won't be interrupted by Lance Stroll. Our TV direction, although a bit uh, a bit scrappy because it's done by me, I think it's not too bad. So <laughs> I, I doubt that Lance Stroll's going to come here. It's world-class, Samuel. You know, there's millions of listeners and viewers who absolutely love 
the dual role or the, the, the more than a dual role that you play, you know, with all the posts on social media as well. So thank you so much for doing that. That's Sundaram, Nitin and Clayton and Chashasvi, all the guys managing our social media. Follow there for more information on the Grand Prix prediction competition, which is going to be crazy here at Baku because almost always nobody can get it correct here at Baku. That's going to be the fun part. But coming to the circuit, the reason why nobody can get it correct is because of all the madness it produces. I mean, Track characteristics just become something repetitive, but something so exciting when you've literally got a castle in your circuit. How crazy is that? And the steep descents, <laughs> the crazy ascents here at the Baku circuit, for sure, there might be a few 90-degree corners, but that third sector, Kunal, it's manic. It is. I mean, you know, Baku is probably the most ideal street circuit out there for the world of Formula One and maybe even in the world of motorsport. And... This weekend, guys, we are going to more than make up for all the lack of overtaking we had in Monaco (laughs) and in Barcelona. Two races where overtaking is just so tough. And, you know, when you think Baku, you literally think about the castles. You think about the, you know, one of the circuits with the longest of straights that is there. Uh, You know, straight line speeds are going to be phenomenally quick. We also have the narrowest part of a racing track in Baku as well. So, you know, a great balance of uh, all the factors that make for a fun race. Uh, as always, track limits might not always be uh, the problem, but watch out for turn 16. That will have mm. track limits. That's what the FIA has said. But just so much, so much fun. Just knowing that we're racing in Baku means that, hey, we are definitely having an unpredictable race this weekend, Samuel. And Compare and contrast this to what we were all feeling after 2016 when Well Done Baku was a line of sarcasm instead of us genuinely expressing our love towards this circuit because that race was, let me think of the right word for it, Mm, drab, that's what it is. But after (laughs) that, Baku has just been on a roll. But coming to the point, let's be succinct, let's not go into singing love praises about Baku because quite often we can end up doing that for too long. But what is it going to you, Kunal? Why is it... I mean, according to all of us at Pitch the Podium, probably one of the better street circuits out there. Why is it not, let's say, different to a Las Vegas street circuit? Or maybe, on a more honest note, say something like a Miami or a Jeddah that we're about to experience. Because this clearly has something to it. Even though it may have 90-degree corners, there's a charm to it. There is. And, you know, the 90-degree corners are just, you know, just one part of the circuit, right? There is this other part where... You know, as we've been hearing all weekend, and you're still going to hear it, guys, the buzzword is it's a mix of Monaco and Monza, right? And that's exactly (laughs) the right mix why Baku sort of becomes so special. And, uh, you know, unlike other street circuits, you know, where overtaking is difficult, Baku sort of says, hey, come, we'll, we'll give you three cars on the main straight trying to attack the same corner. And we've seen that several times. Unlike other street circuits, uh, you know, where uh, we've seen that track position is vital. Baku says, doesn't matter. I'm going to give you like a short 21 second pit lane so you can sort of have strategy and overtaking that happens on track. So just, you know, if, if since we know Singapore is cancelled, I don't mind the two races at Baku, Samit. Ah, ah now, now that is something that I quite like. That's a good idea. And it's become so popular, the circuit, that even the, the, the Grand Tour, or, or the rather, let's be honest, the top gear trio of Jeremy Clarkson, Richard Hammond and James May, 
they had to go there to film their to film their special episode about the Caspian Sea and of course they made their way to the circuit that's how iconic it has become in only a matter of a couple of years well that's enough of singing praises about Baku let's move on to something else and before we get to a very special segment that we've got here today let's speak a little bit about what we can offer to all of our international listeners by international we mean outside india because this podcast is mainly done by two indians one of them who's sitting in norway one of them who will be sitting in norway in a few years but that's a different story you my friend can actually get a 20% discount plus free shipping on all of manscaped's products that's absolutely right and i don't need to tell you about who manscaped are and how good their products are because quite frankly if you are a good podcast listener you might have seen their ads you might have heard about them everywhere and there's a reason for that use the code trim inside for a 20% discount plus free shipping on their products for all countries sadly bar india but i'm sure that they'll come here soon as well but no lawn more moments of the day canal over here luckily no no lawn to no, cut I- off no lawn to cut off but charles leclerc had the the free practice lawn mower of the day <laughs> moment i would say the manscaped lawn mower moment of the day and i i of course you know full radio transcript wasn't released by the time we were recording but mm-hmm. there's a good chance he turned out said i switch off everything i am stupid <laughs> again it's so strange they actually removed the curbing there so the line in that corner has changed but again it's free practice it's good and i hope this is the last crash of his weekend so how many has leclerc had over there i think there's one iconic one uh, did he have one in 2018 no did he i i don't think he did i think i i would typically ask sundaram or lucian because they are the guys <laughs> who remember which driver did what and when i i think i have a goldfish memory seven races <laughs> in and i forget what happened <laughs> well in fact one person who does have an incredible memory and one person who can bring out amazing stats is going to be here with us in a second so here goes here's the stats preview by sundaram all right it's time for a little pit stop so let's do a stats preview of the azerbaijan grand prix to understand which drivers and teams could have a good outing on sunday We're coming from Monaco, the slowest street circuit, to Azerbaijan, the fastest street circuit on the F1 calendar, where drivers can clock upwards of 355 kilometers per hour on that main stretch. Now, Baku has hosted four races here before, with the inaugural one being called the European Grand Prix back in 2016. On four races, there's no one driver who we can call a clear favorite to take pole or win the race, because we've had four different pole sitters and four different race winners. Now, if we go with that pattern and we don't have a repeat pole sitter or a race winner, one of the first names that comes to mind is Max Verstappen. Now, just like Monaco, he doesn't have a very good record in Baku as well, and it's also one of those very rare occasions where his teammate has more points and podiums than him at one circuit. Sergio Perez, driving for Force India and racing for and racing point before this, has 38 points and two podiums at this very circuit, whereas Max Verstappen has just 16 points and no podiums at all. Now, if I have to bet my money on any one driver going solely on form, Verstappen is that driver, because he's qualified on the front two rows in every race this season, the only driver to do so, and he has 19 podiums in his last 20 race finishes. Now, if we say that there's not one driver who's actually dominated this track through, but there's one particular engine supplier who has dominated in the four races held over here, and that is Mercedes. Out of the 12 podium positions that have in the last four races, Mercedes cars have filled eight of those. That doesn't mean just Mercedes works teams. Uh, it doesn't mean that just the Mercedes works team performs well away. It's also the customer teams 
Williams and Force India have a combined of three podiums in the last four races here. That shifts focus to McLaren Mercedes. Can they get their first rostrum appearance on Sunday? Well, they've never finished higher than seventh over here, and with their British wonder kid and Lando Norris, who's currently on a 10-race point scoring streak, uh, and also understanding that Baku has a very mixed-up podium usually, there's a there's a pretty high possibility that McLaren could end up on the podium once again. And if you've not actually answered our prediction league uh, questions for this weekend, there's a question if McLaren can be on the podium. I'd say that that's a possibility. The other driver we have to talk about this for this weekend is Sebastian Vettel. He's qualified in the top four and finished in the top four in every race in Azerbaijan. Now, that's going to be a long shot this year, but just like in Monaco, never say never. We also have to talk about Charles Leclerc. In 2018, he started from 14th on the grid and he, and he finished sixth, his first ever F1 points, that too with a Sauber car. And in 2019, he started ninth and he went and finished fifth. So he's one of those drivers who usually makes up who usually makes up a lot of places on race day. So definitely watch out for him as well. And the last driver we're going to be talking about is Daniel Ricciardo. Now we know he's had a torrid race in Monaco, and it's not going to be any easier in Baku. Because since his race win in 2017, he's not scored any points over here. That's because he's had two, he's had two race retirements, one of which everyone clearly remembers. Let's talk about the safety car. So the safety car uh, has made some sort of an appearance, either a full or a virtual safety car in three of the last four races. So once again, there's a very high possibility we could see a safety car being deployed in one of the initial laps or probably much later as well. Well, that is the stats preview of the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. I'll see you guys before the French Grand Prix. Interesting stuff there, wasn't it? Some really fun stats and Actually, it got me thinking, let's dwell more upon that Max Verstappen stat right there. Never has he scored more points than any of his teammates. So currently being outscored on points and podiums by his, well, X-Racing point now Red Bull teammate in Sergio Perez. And it's one of those rare ones. Sergio Perez has almost always had a good run at Baku. But could we see his Red Bull fortunes turn for the better here, Kunal? But now... Verstappen seemingly is off the best run of his entire life and Perez historically is at the edge over here. We had these similar odds in Monaco, but it did not go to the favour of someone who was coming in with the run of his life. That way, Verstappen yeah. ended up getting the best run. Absolutely, Samuel. And, you know, uh, Perez has had two podiums out here, which I think is fantastic. The only circuit with hmm. where he scored two podiums, if, if my memory is right. And... I would love to see this trend continue, you know, just for the sake of having some fun. I know it it will impact on uh, the Drivers' Championship, or rather it could have a big impact on the Drivers' Championship. But, you know, after topping FP2 today, uh, you know, Checo Perez says, uh, said that I now know how to extract more time and feel more comfortable in my Red Bull racing car. <laughs> and truth be told, all drivers who've made a switch to a new car in 2021 will only get better as they get more mileage. So that's something I'm really looking forward to. And I know, you know, uh, Max Verstappen has qualified on uh, in the on the front row pretty much all races this season. That's if, if my memory is correct again. And uh, if that trend also continues, if the Red Bull racing cars sort of lock out the front row, uh, I think that would be phenomenal. But uh, Somil, I don't think even though Mercedes has had a really bad FP2 or FP1 as well, I, I wouldn't rule them out for just one simple reason. And that is that it's Mercedes and their 
the race pace is actually comparable to Red Bull Racing's. Of course, there's that. To get to that in a second, what I meant to say was that in Monaco, there were two types of people. One who had the historical advantage at Monaco, one who was coming in with a run of their life. The one with the historical edge, well, let's just say they didn't have the best of weekends. That's Lewis Hamilton. Will we see something similar happen with Perez of Verstappen? We don't know. But Mercedes is going to be an even more critical question, as you rightly said, Kunal. Because from free practice, they seem to be nowhere. Seems like Bottas is still in Finland because he's in P16 and FP2. Hamilton seems to be back in Stevenage because he's in P11 right now in FP2. Or maybe his heart's still back in Monaco. Or maybe the performance is there as well because for some reason the Mercedes just does not seem to be fast in the free practice sessions, Kunal. And the interesting team radio message that got me thinking, is this gamesmanship or is this all real? Was that, I think it was Hamilton who said, I can't just extract more pace from this car. I don't know where others are getting time from. I'm paraphrasing, but you get the idea. Was he, though? Can, can he really not find all that pace? No, it can't go all of a sudden, can it? You know, the thing is, the Mercedes, uh, this year's Mercedes, definitely takes time into getting more tire temperatures. In, you know, And we've seen that. We've seen them struggle uh, pretty much through all the races. It's either been Bottas or Hamilton, and sometimes it's both of them like it probably was today. And in their post-session uh you know interviews as well they both said the same thing that we pretty much did everything we could but we weren't able to extract any pace and they were all talking about uh, the fact that single lap pace is their biggest challenge but race pace they're right up there and you know Samuel, they're going to sit through the simulator in the night they're going to do all sorts of permutations combinations make some changes and i have a feeling they will be up there again come the business end of this weekend but but that's not going to be their major problem. Uh, I think their major problem, the, the real major, major problem that is going to cause them the most problems, if that makes any sense, is going to be pit stops. Because recently they just recorded officially the longest pit stop in the history of Formula 1. Got the tyres <laughs> off Bottas's car on what, was it Tuesday or Wednesday? Some Someday midweek. But they've been having real troubles, Kunal. And that's, uh, there's been some pit stop kerfuffles throughout the grid. But Mercedes have had the real issue since what Saki last year. Yeah, but I have to I have to point one more thing out, Samuel. Uh-huh. They got the tires of Botas's car on the Tuesday or the Wednesday, mm-hmm. but a pit stop is actually counted as completed when they bolt on a new set of tires, That's which right. we of course don't know <laughs> when they did that. That's right. But I think the other bigger <laughs> headache Mercedes is going to have this weekend, and this is for all of Formula One, is the flexi wings saga, and you know. There's all sorts of checks that the FIA have put in place. We've seen all those yellow dots on everyone's rear wings. F1 has put out so many comparison videos of the Red Bull racing rear wing against McLaren, against the Mercedes. And something that Samuel and I did, guys, before we actually started recording this video, was see a comparison of the Red Bull racing and Mercedes front wing. And guess what? We actually found that maybe the Mercedes front wing flexes a little more than the Red Bull front wing. And of course, it's the winglets, like, you know, you pointed out Sawmill. But, you know, when it comes to flexing, it's only a couple of millimeters sometimes that makes all the difference in in performance, given how millimeter obsessed the sport is. So let's actually go for a masterclass of sorts. I think we can take a minute right here. So what is this flexi business all about? It's not a bodybuilding competition by any any which ways whatsoever, but there seems to be real gains. That's the reason why they're having such a fuss over it. So what is it? What sort of gains are we looking at with the extra flexing? And 
According to you, what should be the way out, Kunal? You know, the first thing to remember is wings have always flexed. They are put under tremendous load when a car is accelerating and it's at top speed and the like. So the wings have always flexed. We've seen videos all the way from the two th early to 2010s and before that, that wings have flexed. And uh, so that I don't get too technical, uh, if the wing flexes uh, at a particular angle and in, in a particular direction when it's at top speed, it helps the car go faster in a straight line. And then when it uh, when it's time for the wings to start working, it's closer to when it approaches a corner and that's when the wing stiffens up. So it's a lot to do with what kind of composite materials and what kind of designs the team have when it comes to making these wings. And in the case of Red Bull, in the case of Alfa Romeo, now the FIA have uh, camera evidence that when it's on the straight lines, the rear wing uh, of, the, of the Red Bull actually falls a little backwards, okay, so that it gives it more speed, but it gets back in position when board decreases as it approaches a corner. So it's like I said, you know, on the to the naked eye, you, we will never notice it. But this is the depth to which teams are tracking competition just to make sure that they don't lose out on a competitive advantage or if a team has an unfair competitive advantage. Somal. Crazy to think, right? I mean, when you realize how much R&D time and how much R&D money goes into flexing wings and even a system like the DAS, you have to have to understand that Formula One it's just an engineering spectacle. I mean, these racing cars are not just any road cars or any, any cars for that matter. They're engineering masterpieces that take to the road and entertain us all the time. Right? Uh, I mean, even if we went to try, we couldn't understand half of those systems. But my goodness me, they do such a good job over that. But in terms of the driving, that is something we can see. That is something we can understand better than the machines. At least some of us, that is. But your take, Kunal, who wins this one? And I think, finally, can we get number 11, that is, isn't it? Fine, can we get number 11 finally on the top of the Grand Prix Prediction League per chart in terms of the predictions? Because Perez seems to be carrying some good momentum in here this weekend. Perez has a point to prove on Saturday. We know that he's done really well in, in, on the streets of Baku. So I think every good performance of Perez just sort of you know, strengthens uh, Red Bull's resolve in either keeping him or dropping him. But, it, you know, if it's a strong performance, it is going to be to keep him. And, you know, uh, just one note about Mercedes, again, in their pre-race build-up, they mm -hmm. actually said that the Baku City circuit doesn't suit the W12. So let's see how much <laughs> of a bet. suit or not suit <laughs> you bet. it's no. going to be. Yeah, but, you know, uh, lots of regulars to look out for. You know, I would say looking out for Pierre Gasly, he seems pretty strong here in the in the Alpha Tauri. That's right. Uh, Yuki Zanoda said after three practice sessions, I was quick and I didn't meet the wall. So I guess he's been pretty <laughs> pleased as well. Uh, you know, Esteban Ocon is on a great run. He scored four points finishes, his longest streak for the team. So another driver to look forward to. Uh Fernando Alonso's had heroics in Baku before. So, hey, why not? You know, we're all Fernando fans True. after a point. And uh, just, just uh, you know, the midfield is going to be uber competitive, Somil. And that, I, I definitely think it's it's going to be a cracker of a race. And maybe there's going to be a safety car. So we will have a lot one. more overtakes. Just well, one? Maybe not one. But, but <laughs> talking of the safety car, you know, 
safety car restart uh, the safety car restart uh, strategy is going to be very crucial because it's got a long straight so if the if yeah. the if the lead driver pulls out earlier than he should there's a good chance that he could be slipstreamed into turn 1 and we've seen this one before right so you know even for example warming up the tires at a safety car restart low degradation uh, or a low grip circuit uh, you know lots of uh, slipstreaming that happens especially with three and sometimes four cars so if we have a safety car restart it's going to be pretty much the best time to watch of the grand prix weekend somel and ponder over it right how how long can you keep someone behind without them having confusion over is the race on or not Tuscan GP 2020 creates those sort of confusions when you back someone up for too long. But for the pole sitter or the restart leader, that has to be the most logical solution. These sort of micro stories about Baku is what gets us. But I won't let you go without a midfield prediction, Kunal, because the top is still okay. Top is still a few volatile winners. The low revving Alpine, the seemingly hybrid McLaren that seems to do well everywhere. or the ferrari that could have the edge in the middle and the third sector not the third sector particularly but the first and the second sector where which is similar to monaco where they aced it not just in the midfield but everywhere so your take on that one who gets the midfield it's difficult to not choose mclaren somel that's my pick and what's yours i have a i have a feeling that i think carlos sainz will do something quite good today he wants to avenge a big a uh, big second place that could have been first but you never know which way it could have gone had leclerc not crashed in qualifying but i think leclerc and scalo signs they want a lot more right now i think we're going to see a special driver based performance but it's baku you can't count anyone out so i'm going to say well maybe we can see a fernando alonso heroic drive as well much like 2018 who knows that's the fun of this circuit but folks thank you for listening thank you so much for watching this episode and do join us on sunday evening or depending on where you are monday morning as well because this episode goes up on 4 o'clock on <laughs> sunday night of morning or monday morning in india time you get the idea right so join us there take part in the grand prix prediction competition on our social media channels which closes before qualifying so links in the description and also the code trim inside for a 20% discount plus free shipping globally so folks that's about it from us today and we shall see you on sunday bye 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 thank you so much